Hello and welcome to Thriving in Intersectionality, a podcast created to help you learn from professionals in the workplace who have multiple intersectional identities, from ethnic minorities, veterans transitioning into the workforce, individuals with disabilities, parents, and so many more. My name is Lola Adeyemo. I am the CEO of EQI Mindset and the founder of the nonprofit Immigrants Incorporate Inc. I work with organizations to build inclusive workplaces. This podcast was built to amplify the voices of leaders and immigrants in the corporate workplace and to give insights and guidance so people can move past their barriers and advance in their professional careers. Through interviews and solo episodes, I'm going to examine this global world of work. I know that you can learn a thing or two from my guests who have a range of experiences and stories to share. Join me as we meet new people who are successfully navigating the corporate space. Hello and welcome to the Thriving in Intersectionality podcast. This episode, I'm excited to have a conversation highlighting Dr. Zippy Abla and our work. Dr. Zippy really embodies what we talk about when we are thinking about thriving in intersectionality in different fields, different industries with multiple identity intersections. And she is an entrepreneur, a successful entrepreneur, a coach. She also teaches a course on cultural transformation, uh, communication in uh, the academic field. And she's also a woman in tech. She has a thriving leadership career in uh, a tech organization in, in corporate America. Dr. Zippy is a pioneering catalyst for transformation, armed with an EDD in leadership and certified as a life and master coach. Our unwavering commitment is to empower women enabling them to shatter cultural barriers and embrace limitless potential across confidence, relationships, careers, and holistic well-being. She's on a mission to transform lives and empower individuals to take ownership of their happiness, both in career and in personal life. With a foundation in happiness science, she equips her clients with a powerful toolkit of proven strategies and tools. In less than 10 weeks, Dr. Zippy helps you raise your happiness set point, unlocking a brighter, more fulfilling life. Discover the secrets to lasting happiness and embark on a journey to a happier, more vibrant you. Dr. Zippy's conversation is going to give you tools and strategies to thrive as an intersectional, underrepresented individual for moving through all that to thrive, whatever you set to achieve and in whatever industry that you want to grow and thrive. Looking forward to sharing this conversation with you. Thank you. Are you a corporate professional who is an immigrant or a child of immigrant? Are you looking for a community of support to advance your corporate career? Immigrants Incorporate, IIC, is a nonprofit that is building a community for you. Come and join us on Facebook. The Facebook group is Immigrants Incorporate belong and thrive in the workplace. See you there.
Hello and welcome back to the Thriving in Intersectionality podcast. Intersectionality is a mouthful, but if you've been following this podcast, you are going to know why I have this combination of amazing expert guests. Today, I am excited to bring to you a conversation with Dr. Zippy Adler. Hi, Dr. Zippy. How are you today? Hello. 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 Hey, everyone. And she's so excited uh, to be here. Thank you. Mm-hmm. If you see, if you happen to see this on video, if if you are listening to only audio, you're missing out. She's looking gorgeous in a beautiful <laughs> hearing. So I'm going to try and be visually descriptive right now. But um, and she's always looking amazing every time I have a conversation with her. So thanks for chatting with us oh, here thank today. You. um all right so tell us a little more about your background i know we have your bio and we're going to get into that but we want to hear from you thank you so much lola i am so excited to be here i absolutely love the work that you're doing i think there's so much value for you know you're serving so many women and so many people actually women men and women the world needs you so this is such a pivotal time in life where, where we need all these um, all this, all this work that you're doing, and many others. So thank you for having me. Thank so you. a little bit about myself. I am a transformational coach who is passionate, passionate about helping individuals from uh, minority and underrepresented backgrounds lead with joy in their career and lives. So I, I work in the technology field right now, and my the reason I, I love I love doing this work that I'm doing is because my own identity. Um, in my identity intersections have played a significant role in shaping my, my journey and my approach to coaching. So my background, my career background is, is a dynamic one. <laughs> I was just telling Lola, uh, <laughs> but it has influenced my unique, um, my, my lens, my, my worldview. So I started my professional life with a degree in accounting from university, uh, from Catholic University of Eastern Africa. And then I later went to University of Nairobi and I did my MBA. And then I came to the US and a funny, a fun fact about me is I came to the US as a missionary. And then, uh, and then so my early career was marked by, um, you know, working in, in accounts and business in the, I, I moved to the logistic field and I was doing supply chain. And then I came to the US as a missionary. And from there, so my work shifted to working with people who uh, had been incarcerated, women who had been incarcerated. And um, so my work was to help them um, reintegrate with the society. And most of the work I was doing was coaching them, helping them know that they are worthy to be seen. They are worthy to be here and they paid their price. So they deserve to be here. So that was really heart expanding work for me. And that's how I started my coaching career. Okay. And uh, yeah, so it's been a fun, uh, it's been fun. It's been heart expanding work. I later went to the university, uh, Bowling Green University in Ohio, and I got to do my PhD in education. And uh, since then, it's just been, it, it just connected what I was doing, my passion of serving people, helping people and learning how to work with adults, how to adults learn has worked really well in how I coach because I understand how people learn 
and then I'm able to, and then my passion for serving and supporting people know they are worthy to, they know that they are worthy to be here and they can do everything that they were called to be here for. So th all those things have helped me do the work that I'm doing. And, and you can see I'm pretty passionate about that. I can tell, I can tell. Thank you so much for sharing that. And one of the things that we're talking about is that uh, this season, I really wanted to expose individuals who have different backgrounds to the different paths mm. that their career can take. And so two, two, two major things that um, I want to ask you about. First, your identity intersections. Um, you know, what are some of the areas, how, how do you identify and how has, what are those, those, those ident I mean, I can already tell you're an immigrant. <laughs> you, yes. you talk about that, right? You're a black yes. woman. Like when you yes. talk about identity intersections that have shaped your career journey, that people mm. that are listening can relate to, either they see it as negative or positive. What are those intersect uh, intersections that you can identify for us? Yes, yeah, that's an excellent question. When I was doing my PhD dissertation, that's some of the things I had to identify myself. And I kept saying I, I have three, you know, I, I show up as a, as, a, as a woman. So I'm female, I'm a woman, then I'm a black woman. I never identified myself as a black woman when I was in, when I was in Kenya. But then in the U.S., now it became a thing. Yeah. So now I'm a black woman. And then there's the layer of I'm not from the U.S., so I'm an immigrant. You know, your national identity was, my national identity was something because, you know, everyone, when you speak, everyone's like, oh, where, where are you from again? So you could tell the, so there's that, it was that other layered. And then there are many other layers in, in who I am. Um, you know, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a Christian. Um, you know, I, I, all these things have shaped who, how I see life. And, um, and it, they've been integral. So some, it depends on where I am at. For the longest time, when I came here, I, in fact, one of the reasons I do the work I'm doing is because the identity of an, I'm an immigrant made me feel very small. Being a woman and being a black woman did not make me feel small. But being an immigrant was really, was something that really um, made me feel small because if you know, if, you, if you've been here and you came on a visa and you've been employed, so you hold, you, you know, your weight, your status as, a, as an employer, an employee is based on your visa. So you, I played, I really didn't want to shake anything because I wanted my, my visa to be renewed, my, mm -hmm. my sponsorship to be renewed. Right. So um, I was very... I remember Lola, my voice, I lost my voice. I never used to challenge anything. Mm. If anything is off, if I see questions, I'm like, e I don't want, I just want to be nice. I just right. want to be nice. Right. Is this and, invisible barrier that just keeps you yes. being less of, less, least expressive, right? You can't really yes. be because you're being held handicapped by this status. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know I was being held back. It just right. happened for so long. Yeah. that I completely lost my voice. So like somebody had me, I went to Kenya one time and they, and the, you know, the, and they were like, wow, people must really be excited. I was like, I, I'm like, I'm a different person when I'm in Kenya and a different person in the US. I was like two yes. people. Yeah. And, and that's when it hit me. And I was like, I, you know, I'm not able to show up fully because I'm always concerned about things. So, so I had to make a choice eventually. Like, I can't be, I can't play this small for so long. And I played small for many years. God, 
way too many years. And that's what, one of the things, some of the work I do is to help people, immigrants, people who come, especially at the university, to help them once they get their job, show up the way you are fully. Do not play nice. Just play play fully, be authentic and show, you know, if you have an issue, like I had, I know I was teaching and I was a, a teaching assistant and, you know, like I was so nervous about my accent, like people wouldn't understand me. But now I'm an educator. So the first thing I always say is if you don't understand my accent, just ask me, I'll tell you, it just means I speak multiple languages. So it's a good thing. So re really, if you hear me with an accent, just know it's a great thing because it means right. I speak multiple languages. So I've said I owned my voice. I, I took back everything that I had, I had given away, the power I had given away. My voice is, I'm an, as an educator, my voice is really my power. It's where yeah. I make my income from. So when I had reduced, stopped talking, I, I, I couldn't be who I was brought to this earth to be because I was so worried about my accent and whether people will understand me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I definitely resonate with that. So let's let's talk about industry. So talking about identity intersections and just mm -hmm. all of those different layers that we put on ourselves, it's present in the workplace. Uh, but specifically when we look at different industries, academia, corporate, in the tech yeah. industry, you mm -hmm. are all of these as a woman yes. in tech. I mean, how does that even narrow the field or how does that make you even more of a I guess unicorn, isolated in that space. Yes. What do you think mm -hmm. as it relates to your industry experience and journey? One of the things I've noticed, especially in the, in the corporate world, um, the, one of the things that I noticed, and I, another thing that has put fire in me, is that there are very few people who are like me, who who are from Africa, uh, who are African immigrants in global corporate organizations in the U.S. Yet. Yeah. U.S. companies, global companies, are sending have a lot of work, global work happening in Africa. Right. So those, so so for me, I'm, it's like, why are we not taking these positions where we can sit at the table and make decisions of products that are being sent to our countries and to Africa as a whole? And uh, so I, I went into research to find out some of the things about that. And I, what I again I find out is that many of us are afraid to take those positions. Like right. we don't feel like we we belong, like we we can we can make those we can get to that position, and that's one of the my driving force of trying to support immigrants and tell them you are worthy, you're capable, you're experienced, you have all the skills and and expertise. You can be at the C-suite in global companies here in the U.S. and make decisions for the products being sent to African countries. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the same thing also, um, even in academia, in, in academia, I'm also in academia and, uh, you know, we have a lot. So one of the things, one of the ways I'm sup I've supported academia, uh, students, especially who come, I'm a student advisor for international students um, and especially African students. And I've had students who are international, like from Germany, from Europe, um, but I really want to support, I really see the gap in uh, African students who, when they come here, they don't have that support right. by, um, by African faculty to support them to, to really rise up and to really thrive in academia. And we do thrive, but we still thrive in isolation. We, we are resilient in that way, but it's really come, it really 
plays with our psyche later you know yeah absolutely and as you're talking i'm i'm thinking back to my graduate school experience as an international student in the u.s mm-hmm. and i was like i don't think i had any black yeah faulty. i did not have either mm-hmm. my professors yeah yeah we Which, don't have we don't have a lot of people who are like us in this posi- in those positions so when you're being guided it's it's a very it's very that's why there's a lot of um just trauma people are, so many of us are, have a lot of issues and that you've had a lot of yeah. we've seen a lot of problems with our people who when they've come here yeah yeah okay so well thank you for sharing that i i love that you bring expertise from you know when we talk about immigrants uh we talk about people with identity intersections you bring mm-hmm. perspective from two main industries right you're bringing in academia you're bringing in tech and i think yeah. these are two very important spaces so um for anyone the reason why we spend a lot of time just really understanding your background is because there are people that relate with what you're saying that relate with your mm-hmm. background and that really are inspired by the work and how you have shaped your career path up till now um yeah so what what um what are the tools and resources and strategies that you would want to share with my audience mm. who connect you that and yeah. i i really wanted to like what worked for you how did you get yes. where you are today in the tech field and in academia and mm. you know what are some of the things you would recommend for people to do <laughs> and maybe yes, some of the yes. things they should not do yes i wish we had these conversations when we started right we could have yes. had this conversation so yeah you're right in my journey i've encountered like um, so many challenges oh my gosh and uh but i've learned valuable uh lessons that i believe can benefit others who are listening from similar backgrounds and some of the tips and strategies I, that have been instrumental in my career is uh, you remember i said i lost my voice so once i got i got i took back my voice i claimed back my voice so effective communication so i had to cultivate a way to communicate my communication skills they are essential you people cannot know what what what's in your head you have to be able to speak up so i did a, a whole work on how to you know speak up how to you know we, because we come from a very modest culture where we don't know right. how to we don't Quiet. want to to come up so strong or too much or you're like oh my gosh so i it's something i had to learn it's important to express your thoughts clearly right and actively listen to what's going on and then you know adapt your communication style to different situations so for me right. because you remember i shared about my accent was quite a hindrance for me it was like a it was like a big thing for me so once i owned it and i owned it like with everything i have like now i don't even try to um you know like i take it it's for me my my accent is my crown you know the minute you hear i'm speaking so i i I took pride in where I came from and because yeah. of that I was not able to communicate because we know how to communicate it's right. just that we had I had been like I didn't know I didn't want to feel less than because my my everyone was like what are you saying I don't understand so now I'm yeah. like just listen so that was one of the things that really helped me when just taking owning owning who I am and where I come from and standing in that with so with maybe. such confidence and pride and then the next thing was you know seeking mentorship I had to find people. I wish we there are not enough mentors right now to serve the people who are out there. Right. But finding people who understand your unique experiences and can guide you through the corporate landscape. 
I actually, Lola, I hired a coach. That is what I needed to do because I was working, I was, you know, trying to, I was, I had other international students and international people around me, but they were also fumbling. Right. <laughs> you know, like, it's like three blind mice going together. Nobody, nobody knows, nobody has the, the roadmap. Right. So I actually did, I, and that's one thing I, I am so happy that I got to do. I did it much later than I should have. If I knew better, I would have hired a coach much earlier. But yeah. I did hire a coach uh, who helped me understand, um, you know, the, the landscape. I hired a coach to do my resume because my resume used to sound like I'm from Kenya. You know, even like it was very different. And right. even though I knew how to write, the, land, the writing was different. So I, I remember that was a while back. I paid a whole lot of money just to get my resume you know sound optimized to sound now today we have chat gpt so you can kind of do that by yourself but those days like and i I really paid a bunch of money and then after that i hired a coach and then their insights so their insights uh, and support can be invaluable to your career growth so those are things i always say it's not you have to invest in your growth and advancement. Yeah, you know, yeah. You have to. Like, don't think you'll just figure it out. If you start to think you'll just figure it out, you'll take so much time. You'll right. just keep going round and round and round, hitting walls. Well, you could just get somebody who will tell you, you know what, don't do that. Just okay. come over here, you know? I think for the coaching that you mentioned, I think that's uh, one of the big gaps for minorities mm-hmm. because everybody you are looking for a mentor you you keep looking for a mentor and not recognizing that taking being intentional and investing in a coach you can get that yes. mentoring get the coaching get the sponsorship in one place it, it might be harder to find a mentor because what you are looking for in, in a mentor might be very uh different and everybody is busy not everybody yes mentor you uh, You're so right, Lola. But you know, we say we have mentors and we are we don't live we live in a different age, in a different community. We are not back in Africa where we had our aunties here and whoever is around. Like life was kind of now it's it's about your career, it's about your right. growth. So really find a mentor for the things that you want to do. Find a coach. Use it the way you paid for college and you took time to do that. Spend right. Invest in yourself. That is so critical. That's something I have learned. In fact, many times now I'm like, I should have hired somebody a, a lot long earlier. But I am glad because let me tell you, the minute for the longest time I was looking for a job and I was getting really low, low level jobs. And then I hired a coach. And then I hired, I, I hired first of all a resume writer. And I remember that was a while back. And I remember paying fifteen hundred dollars to have my resume done. I'm telling you, oh my gosh. And that was many years back. It was such an expensive investment. I remember thinking, I don't have a job, a good job to be paying this, but I was like, I need to you pay know. this because she seems to know better because some, obviously I'm not getting the quality of work that I should be at, right? And let me tell you, the minute I fi- she did my resume and be done, I, I, I had four offers just like that. And I didn't, and even after I started, I started working, I was still getting offers. People sending, asking me whether I could, because it, you know, she, whatever my, my LinkedIn, those time, those days, mm-hmm. you know, she did all these things. And then I found, you know, just finding, having a coach helping me uh, navigate just the, the corporate landscape in, in the U.S. is different. I worked in Kenya for a long time before I came to the U.S. 
So okay. just an understanding what is going on here. You know, like there are things which I don't know how, you know, some things, what to say, how to speak to leaders, how to influence people, how to run all these things. I needed a coach to help me figure some of these things. So their insights have really supported me in being the, the, the person I am today. And that was a while when I was a younger, when I was newer in the, in the, in the corporate uh, landscape. But even now, much, much later, I still have coaches. I have coaches, I still hire coaches because I have seen the value that it helps me. I have a coach who helps me keep, keep with my mind, keep my mind, and I'm a transformational coach myself, but I have a transformational coach who coaches me to make sure I'm staying, staying resilient, I'm staying adaptable. Right. Um, I'm keeping my eyes on the goal. <laughs> you know, and then um, another thing, I, 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 another strategy uh, that has helped me is networking. Lola, right now, we just from our networking, finding each other on, on social media, we are able yep. to do work together. We've yes. been able to build, do some work together. And yes. that's just how it is. So people are afraid to reach out to, to other people. But I think networking is such a, a, a you know, we need to build a diverse professional network. Right. Right. You know, we need to build people because those are the people who will open new doors for you. Right. If we don't know people. And I think um, as as a fellow immigrant, I think that's one of the biggest things we lose because yes. I had just a couple of episodes back that I was talking about how culturally we don't celebrate ourselves because other people celebrate us. Mm. We communities where you don't need to celebrate yourself, your parents, your parents' parents, extended yes. family, they celebrate you. But here you get to corporate America and you're waiting for somebody to celebrate you. You are not yeah, nobody. Out. You, this is very different. You know? <laughs> you're on your own. <laughs> you're on your own. So you have, you have I, love, I love that you talked about, so you have a career, you still have a career in the corporate world. You still have your academia role and then you have your entrepreneurship track. And I how still have do you navigate all and how do you know when it's time to move on to, because the reason I'm asking that question specifically is there's a lot of people that maybe finish from school with degree in something and you are yes. looking, you have this narrow view of your career path, thinking I will oh. get promoted, I will get promoted. How did you know to branch in this and branch in this and still hold on to everything because it's still all a part of your, um, your re representing yourself. How did you navigate all that? transition yeah that that's an excellent question you know i what i realized is i am i am good in so many things and um i like i just say i'm skilled so my work and my my reg my my work in the corporate my work in academia and my entrepreneur they all are what i do generally it, everything is the same it, it's about me being an educator it's about me being a coach in supporting people be their best self. So um, I've aligned myself so much. Like I really know who I am and what I do well. So what has happened is when I'm doing this work, it, I'm in flow because I have, I'm in, an, I'm in a place where I'm doing things from my strength. So I'm not forcing, I'm not trying to force a new thing. So I've been called at, at the university to teach a class because it's, it's something I talk a lot about. So I'm um, about culture. So I teach a class on cult uh, on communication, cultural communication. Okay. So I'm very interested in culture and um, how we communicate and how we see each other. And I really celebrate culture and 
you know, I, I want to leverage um, my cultural values. So I do a lot of teaching on that. So you see, it's not something that is out of my work. It's not like I'm going to the university now to teach mathematics, you know, something that is hard. So it's, yeah, so it's the same thing. At my regular work, work, I do learning and development. So it's work. So everything is building up on it. So it's my skill set. I've just like really honed in to what I am good at and let that be the thing that, um, because I'm good at that, it precedes you. So people, you know, like that's what I'm known as, as I'm considered a, as a thought leader when it comes to transformation, when it comes to, um, uh, you know, helping people elevate, change people, change behaviors. When people need to change behaviors, if there's a change, like um, change, because learning is about changing behavior, right? You right. don't, learning is not just learning so you can just have a lot of information yeah. in your head. Yeah. <laughs> you learn so that you can do different, be better, do better, right? So change it when, when there's a, pl- a space for, uh, when there's an organizational change, when, you know, like those are the things I'm, I, I'm known to, to support teams be, you know, to, to move through the changes in a, in a joyful way, in a way that has, that is flow because I, I really like that is what I know I I do well. I am I work well with people, so I'm able to help people navigate, be able to use their strengths to right. you know adapt and do things. So it's even though I do three, uh, like I have it seems I have three different uh, things that go. They really are this. It's really me. I'm showing up the same. If you go to the university and ask them about Dr. Zippy, uh, you go to my clients at, from my entrepreneur or from, at my job you it's the same person they, it's not right. it's not different people so I think one of the things I would I, w- I would uh, I would coach or, or say is really find out what your strengths are and hold on to what is strong for you and let that be what guides you because once you find your strength that's your gifting and once right. you you are operating in your gift you really are in flow your gift precedes you. It goes before you and people know you because of what, of, of right. how you show up. So, right. yeah, I don't, I don't know whether that answered your question. But oh, it does. It does. And I think this sets the stage nicely because we are talking about individuals with titles and careers and mm-hmm. background. It doesn't matter what your background is. As you begin to yes. unpeel those layers, you mm-hmm. would shape uh, the path that you're going to take, whatever it looks yes. like, right? Yes. I mean, we, we all go to school. We go to school and we study something, right? And I, and I think for, for the audience that is listening, it's professionals, educated, employed, mm-hmm. working, working multiple jobs, but the importance of alignment and, and just really allowing yourself to show through everything you do, I, I think it's important. That's where fulfillment comes in. Um, yes, I really wanted to highlight about you. It's like you have so many um, minority identity intersections, but it doesn't matter because doesn't. you have found yourself in a way where you have really aligned everything and you are operating mm-hmm. in your strength in different yes. areas. So I, I love it. I think so. I actually do teach a course on strength, finding your strength. And I, some of the work I do with my clients is really first identifying. I always ask my question, what do you love? And people, let me tell you, Lola, people don't even know what they love. They don't know. They, because they are too busy trying to find out what pays more, what pays mm. here. Well, that will, that will, you can find a job that pays more, but if you don't love it, you will burn. You'll crush and burn. 
Right. So it's finding out what you love. And then, because what you love is something that you do. You remember when you're a little child, when you're playing and you could do those things and you don't even notice when they're like, it's hours it's, and hours. Like you missed lunch because you love doing that. So it was it for me, I know I loved reading. I know some people who love playing um, now, they love playing with computer games. Some people love, um, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is, that's how you find out what do you love. And then when right. you find what you love, pursue that, let go back to that thing and then find out how you can use that. You know, it could be talking to people. Maybe you just, you know, so you are, it's so that you align yourself with, with, with uh, whatever, even if you're working in tech or you're working in pharmaceutical, you can still do what you love, even in a, like I work in tech, I was not a techie person, you know, like I was saying, I'm not, I'm not generally a techie person, but I'm able to use my love for people and my love for learning in the tech environment, you see. So I think it's once you identify what you love and you, you hold on to that, you use that as your strength. Mm -hmm then the world opens up. There's a quote that says, people enjoy being with people who are alive. So find the thing that keeps, makes you alive. Yeah. And that's the thing. Whatever, whatever keeps, makes you alive, people will enjoy that. And that's how opportunities for you build up. Yeah. And I, and I, I think we also talked about it a little bit, how, you know, industry. So I work with a lot of employer resource groups, uh, leaders, mm. and and immigrant professionals. And a lot of times we think about industry as this distinct, you know, I work in tech, yes. in education. I if you find what you love, you can fit into any of these industries, ultimately. Yes. Just to love a particular industry, right? It's your choice. It's your yeah. We have nurses at, in tech world because they need, we need uh, well-being. We need our, our in-house nurses. Or right. we need, you know, we have artists working in tech. We have, like, whatever it is, as because organizations now, they need all these people. The world is so, is getting, you know, like, we need, they need everyone. So right. everyone is important and everyone is relative. So you find what you love and then the, it will, you'll be at, you'll be operating at such a high uh, vibration at a high frequency when you're doing the things that you love that people obviously see you from far and they're like that's the person I want to work with right right and it can translate I mean I've seen people who worked in life sciences and moved to a tech to the tech industry mm -hmm. you know when you find the skills and what you love some people move to non-profit because yes. they want to more purpose to it right the industry is translatable and that's what I I um I think people have to start with, start with what you love, as you said, right? Yes. Start with owning your identity, yourself, and mm -hmm. then translate those skills to different industries and you can keep peeling back the layers of who you are. Yes, yes. And I'm telling you, Lola and Lola's uh, listeners, as Lola said, once you operate from your strength, the things that you love, your career will be joyful. Right. It will always be joyful. It doesn't matter. Like you, it won't be like I work for tech. It will be like I do what I love, always. Yes, yeah. yes. Thank you. Okay, time flies yeah. when you are having fun. Um, oh my gosh, is it time? <laughs> yes, yes, Lala, we can speak all day. We we can speak all day, and I know it. I know you have a lot of areas that you want to that I would have loved for you to explore. So maybe we'll have you back again. Or yes, I'd love that. Also yeah. talk about. 
something that you have coming up. Um, unfortunately, by the time audience is listening to this, the summit would have passed, but I don't know if it will be available for replay or where people can reach you. Can you share a little bit more about the yes. people can work with you? We have a great summit coming up. We'll, we'll have it recorded and we'll have it accessible for people. So just uh, look the www.breakingglasscealingsummit.com. That's a very impressive name. I don't think we can forget it. Breaking Glass, glass Ceiling Summit. I love it. Yes, 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 yes. So you can go there. It will be great. And um, we have great opportunities coming up. I, we have our, uh, I'm also a certified happiness trainer. And I use the happiness um, science. To do that so i have a great program coming up in october called she leads with joy and really this is to help people be able to learn how to be happy from the inside out like not let circumstances determine their happiness and yeah. this is it's a really great program so yeah thank you for asking yeah absolutely and then do you have anything special you like to share with my audience i have a free gift i can give your audience it's called girl get promoted uh, a toolkit so I will you I'll you'll have it. I'll send it to you, and you can okay. give it. It's a work. It's a toolkit that I use with many people of when they want when people want to get promoted. Some of the things that they have to think about, um, you know. So it has it's a toolkit and it's excellent. It's been I've had great reviews about it. People have so I will say, I'll send it that to you as a free gift for for your really? audience. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. And okay, so I like to to end with a very interesting question for all my guests, right? Oh. Because it's always a great conversation to to end the chat and bridge the gap. Yes. For. So, if you were to share a dish or a snack mm -hmm. or a favorite meal with your coworkers, what would it be and why? Oh, because you know, but the one I really absolutely love is called ugali, but you eat with your hands, so that's not will not be will not go well with my coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> so I probably would give mandazis. <laughs> mandazis is our... You host your house party and you invite your co-workers. With these days after COVID, you don't, you're not sure about, you know, all these jammy things where people are touching. You're like, uh, I don't know. But I would give, we, one of the other things, we, we have a delightful snack called mandazi. It's what we eat with, um, with we, it's like a donut. It's really oh, just fried okay. dough. Yeah, it's fried dough. It's flour with sugar and, and then you, you, you deep fry it. And then you usually we eat that with, with, with our tea. Um, so that's what, <laughs> but that's the one I know that anyone can take because it's familiar. It's familiar here, but it's just made a bit differently. It's not a real, it's not a donut. We don't garnish it. And Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you, Dr. Zippy. Thank you so much for coming to share. I think your conversation really builds on um, the theme of mm -hmm. this couple of episodes. So I'm glad we were able to connect early on. Um, yeah. Really speaks to anyone who wants to advance professionally. Where do we start from? How can we yeah. pick and package everything that we have uh, yes. to be the version of ourselves, regardless yes. of our titles, our degrees, our background, yeah. even in the tightest spaces, right? In tech, I, I yes. think we all know that thriving and rising up to leadership in tech is even more challenging. Um, it is all the different uh, fields, but it doesn't really matter because once you find yourself, you can make space for yourself and, yeah. and 
you've shown how that is possible. Thank you. Keep thriving. And thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Wish you all the best with the summit. And we can't wait to hear all about it. Okay, then. Thank you so much, Lola. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me, Lola Adeyemo, for these important conversations about the global world of work. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to share our weekly episodes with your communities and co-workers. For more resources and upcoming events, visit our website www.thrivinginintersectionality.com and join our LinkedIn group, Thriving in Intersectionality. Additional links and resources are listed in the show notes of this episode. Thank you.